0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Working Gals Guide podcast and you know the deal, I'm here to interview people in all different careers, all different industries and chat about their journey and how they got there. I'm really here to help you get inspired and really help you find your dream job as well. So welcome to our podcast and thanks for tuning in. Hey, everyone. Hey, gals. Welcome back to Working Gals Guide. I'm here today with Chloe, who I absolutely love. She has her own podcast called Deeper Than Money, which I actually am a huge fan of. I listen to all the time, and I'm so excited for her to be here today and share all of her stories with you as well as some of her financial advice as well. So, hey, Chloe, how's it going? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you so much. This is so fun. I can't yes. wait. Let's dive in. All yes. things money. I love your energy. It like, makes me so happy. That's why I love listening to your podcast because it gets me excited. And I know I told you this before we hit record, but and Chloe's going to get into this, by the way, everyone, but she has her own podcast all about finances, particularly finances to do with millennials and how you can really better yourself and She'll get into it. But anyways, the point I wanted to make is the fact that I studied business at school university. My financial classes were not interesting, but I will sit here and listen to Chloe's podcast about finances and no one's forcing me. I don't have to do it. I'm not working towards a degree. I'm graduated, but I'm listening anyways because it's so interesting and engaging.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. That is the best compliment ever because it is my goal in life to make finances fun and easy to wear everyone. And especially women feel super mm. empowered when it comes to money and any conversation around finance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So before we get too deep into me complimenting you for the next half an hour to 45 <laughs> minutes, um, <laughs> do you mind just doing a quick intro of yourself where you're from what you do the whole shebang?
1: Of course, of course. So my name's Chloe Elise. I am from Kansas city right in the Midwest And I am a millennial money coach. I'm the CEO and founder of my company called Deeper Than Money. And I help millennials get ahead with money, whether that be, you know, financial literacy and financial education, all the way to, you know, helping them pay off debt, get ahead, um, you know, grow the savings, save for the wedding, save for kids, save Mm -hmm. for vacations, whatever that looks like for them. Um, And really just feeling empowered when it comes to money conversations like we talked about for a minute ago. Um, But it's such an undereducated topic. If it even is taught, a lot of times it's undertaught in schools growing up, you know. And so we kind of learn based on what we we see and we think and we base it off of other people's highlight reel. And it's hard Mm -hmm. to understand what the best way to get ahead with money is. So that is what I'm on a mission to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you've accomplished your mission because you make it so accessible and easy to understand. It's so palatable. I feel like going into a finance class at university was very daunting because you're kind of hit in the face with formulas and numbers and this very old teacher who looks like he I don't even know, but you know what I mean. Like he was on the floor at the stock exchange. He wasn't behind a computer. You know what I mean? Like it was like it was so difficult to connect. And even Googling things, like it's a lot of times they're, they're using jargon. There is again, like a lot of numbers and formulas involved. And you're like, what does this all mean? Like, what is a dividend? What is this and that? And I think for myself coming from a business background, I'm lucky enough that I was kind of taught these terms along the way, but at the same time, maybe someone who studied something different or is fresh at a high school where you're not really learning finance it 's not as easy, and not everyone goes to university. not everyone's going to have an interest in finance during that time period, but at the same time we 're all going to have financial goals, whether it 's like you said saving for a wedding for a house, have you know budgeting for a puppy that you want to you know adopt or or get as well so things like that you make it so easy to work towards, and that 's what I love about your company and your podcast and all the advice you give but I'm so curious. I mean, you know, building your company, was that something that you built out of a need for yourself that you wanted to become more financially literate and just have a deeper understanding or, you know, what was the story behind that? For sure. So I was absolutely your
1: broke college student. I was like selling pl- plasma in my arm, you know, like donating plasma so I could afford to like go out with my friends and buy a margarita. Like that was my financial journey, right? And over and over, and I was also a hard worker. I was working lots of part-time jobs, picking up extra hours, picking up extra jobs, and I still never had enough, right? I still was barely making ends meet, barely paying for rent, barely paying for food, barely paying for fun. And this happened over and over and over until I was like, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way because I, I, I don't want to sign up for this life of like financial struggle. And so I set out to figure out finances and I basically failed 1 million times reading books that were boring and listening to podcasts that I didn't understand and doing all this stuff and realized like I. I was like yelling into the universe, like, where is the finance for millennials? Like, who can make this easy for me to understand so I can get it? And I struggled. I struggled really hard. So lots of trial and error, lots of failing. Um, But I was taking courses. I was taking certifications just so I could learn for myself because I I was struggling to find resources. Mm -hmm. And at that point, that's when I kind of, you know, pieced together the things that worked and from my own experience, realized the things that didn't work. And for me, I was able to implement that and then I paid off $36,000 of debt in 18 months and it changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. It was such a, you know, just victory in my life. And I realized how many limiting beliefs I had of finances boring and finances too hard to figure out. And I'm not good with numbers and I'm not, all of those things kept me from figuring out finances. And so At that point, that's when I was like, I have to go and show people this. I have to go and spread on. I felt like I'd found this like huge Mm -hmm. secret, right? So I'm like, I have to go and tell people. And it was kind of the perfect storm because at that same time, and I've always like loved entrepreneurship, even from like being a little kid and doing like lemonade stands Mm -hmm. and babysitting and everything I could to like, you know, be my own boss, basically. Mm -hmm. And so at the same time, I'm in corporate. And I just paid off all my debt and people are asking me like, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And so I was helping my friends pay off credit cards. I was helping, you know, I was, I was giving all this stuff and I realized I can go and do this. I can go and serve people and, and show up. And so I just started. Um, and, and so that's the, that's a crazy thing. And I was in, um, I, Then for like a year and a half, I was in corporate and was building my business on the side. And then about um, a year, I just had my one year anniversary, but about a year ago, then I quit and went full time and it was best decision ever. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. I love that. And for yourself, when was it really the moment when you felt like, okay, I'm not just going to do this for myself. I really want to go and share this information with my friends, my family, even, you know, building this own platform for yourself. You have your blog, of course, you also have your website where you're offering services out, but what was that moment that really made you snap and say, "Okay, I need to pursue this a little bit," um, I guess at a, at a wider, a wider spectrum almost, and help other people as well. For sure. So
1: I. So I, do you do Enneagram? Do you know Enneagram?
0: I know it, but I've never taken the test. Oh my to gosh!
1: Out. You have to. That's your homework. Mm-hmm. You have to go and okay. do it so I'm 90 gram seven, which means I'm motivated by fun. I'm motivated by like planning for the future, goal setting, dreaming really big. And so I had kind of my first glimpse into this when I was helping my friends get results. And they would be like, Chloe, like I, I did this too. I figured this out too. And I'd be like, oh my, wait, like I really can't do this. This is crazy. <clears throat> and so after seeing that, And after really seeing that, this wasn't like a fluke, right? Like Mm -hmm. I had a lot of imposter syndrome. Like, well, like who am I to do this? Like maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe I just like randomly stumbled into this, you know, like really downplaying all the hard work that I had done. And so, you know, I'm helping my friends with this. I see them understanding this. And at the same time, I have so many other people coming to me saying, how do I do this? What about this? What about this? And that was the point in which i started thinking really big picture of mm-hmm. i don't just want to help my friends on a one to one basis i want to go and create so much content and create so much free financial literacy information mm-hmm. that even if somebody's like oh hey i'm not ready for that one on one coaching or i'm not ready for the program that they can come to my community learn, implement it into their life and see financial results. That was like my, Mm my big vision, even really early on.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And I I love that because if you look at the heart of a lot of different entrepreneurs that I've known throughout my life, whether it be, for example, the CEO of the company I currently work out who started our business, um, even friends who started their own endeavors, it's always this need almost to want to help other people. And that's kind of at the core of it. And I love that you also have that about you. I will, by the way, take the Enneagram because now I'm curious and I want to know what what mine is. Um, (laughs) um, But I'll definitely do that. But I do think it's amazing what you did. And it really was kind of birthed out of a need for helping other people, but then also sharing this incredible knowledge that you were able to understand and break down for yourself, which again is commendable. So great for that, um, for sure. I know as well, you have a lot of different components to your business. So for example, I know you have wealth acceleration you have salary acceleration you have kind of the different blog posts you've posted as well you have your podcast so many different elements which is combined incredible so many different resources depending on who you are what you'd rather kind of gravitate to what kind of sits with you better but when you first started was it maybe just a couple things that you're you're working on and you know when did it grow to be this big portfolio of so many different endeavors put together under your business umbrella
1: Absolutely. So great question. So when I first started off, I mean, the first thing I did was one-on-one coaching. I wanted to make sure I could really support people, make sure I could take them through the whole transformation and at that point, I started to grow and grow until I had too many one-on-one clients. I mean, I was still working a corporate job. So I would come home from my corporate job, change my clothes, like, you know, work out really fast, sit down. And then I would have clients from, you know, 6 p.m. to 9, 9 p.m. And then I'd be like, oh, I have to, you know, I'm going to bed, waking up in the morning and then working on the business. And so I, I really grew it to that point. And that's when I wanted to start doing group coaching programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I love group coaching programs for me. Like if I'm going to join a program, I gravitate towards that group coaching because I love being able to hear what other people are struggling with, hear what other people are working towards, hear what they're celebrating because I feed off of that energy. I love it. It motivates me. It excites me. And so I love group coaching and I wanted to provide that for my own audience. So that's when I started opening up the wealth accelerator that you, that I still launched today, mm-hmm. um, you know, started a couple years back when I opened it for the first time. And it was, it was amazing. We had so many people in it. Um, and that's when I was like, this is so cool. And a lot of people ask me like, how do you decide what products to come out with or what services or what courses? And I, whatever I am most asked about in my DMS or in, um, you know, conversations, that's what I go and do. So I was asked all that, I talk a lot about like, I'm very big on negotiating and especially negotiating your starting salary. And I get asked all the time, how do you do that? What do you say? Mm -hmm. Does it come across greedy? How do you do it? So I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I'll create a course about it. I will create this step-by-step course on how to do that, which you mentioned is salary accelerator. Mm -hmm. And so things like that, where, you know, I've really... I feel like as a business owner and even before being a business owner, if you come from a place of what, what do people need right now? What are the questions that they have and what are the ways that I can help create a solution? Um, you know, there's no downside. Like that's why I love my job more than anything else in the whole wide world, because I get to show up and go out and sell Programs that change lives. So, of course, I'm all about them. I think they're the best thing ever. I get so excited, it's so fun. (laughs) But if you if you truly follow what people are asking you for, and even if you don't have a business, if you're someone who you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I'm in corporate, but I kind of want to go down the business route, but I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. What do your friends ask you about? What do your friends ask you for help for? What do your colleagues ask you for help for? What do your parents ask you for help for? Like, think about those questions because a lot of times we overlook that in ourselves, like we mm-hmm. overlook our own
0: skills that we have. Yeah. It's so true. I feel like we all have these almost like core competencies or these mm-hmm. massive values that we carry, but we don't realize cause it's so natural to us sometimes. Um, it's almost like the thing that you're so good at that you forget that you're good at it. Cause you just <laughs> do it all the time. Um, but definitely like, I have a friend who, you know, fashion is her life. I mean, she never studied fashion. She simply was just always oh, extremely fashionable had great advice for other people. She's able to look at you and say, this will look amazing on you, even make up like the full you know, thing. And she recently started a blogger on fashion. And I think it's incredible that she did it because for years and years, she was so gifted at this thing and kind of you know, giving advice and just having an eye for it. But she never really pursued it, but I'm so happy that she did now because I think it's going to work so well. And like you're saying, she almost did it because she has this value that she carries Around it and now she's sharing it. So it's great. Um, but yeah, I love the story. I love the story that you shared about that. It's awesome. Um, you know, the way that you started it and grew uh your business and the different products that you offer and the different services you offer as well. Um, but I'm curious as well, like when it comes to you know, people coming to you, so they're asking about salaries and negotiating starting wages and salaries and things like that, but what are some of the other big challenges that millennials are coming to you with that are quite common across the board? Um, so one of the biggest
1: things that I hear all the time is, you know, how do you pay off debt? How do you um, grow a savings? How do you plan for your financial goals? Um, but I also get a lot of really those mindset questions of how do you start a business? How do you figure out? um, you know, how to move past these mindset blocks of, I can't invest mm-hmm. in myself or I can't go and take that leap or I can't start the business, whatever that may be. Um, so I absolutely, I, I, when I'm talking about like deeper than money, we are equal parts of the masculine energy of like, here's the process here, are mm-hmm. the step-by-step things here, the logistics, here's where this money should be going and murmur, murmur. And then we're equal parts of the more feminine energy of like, what's the mindset block there? Like, what are you struggling with? How can we create that dream? How can we start dreaming bigger? Like both of those, you need both of those to, to really marry and then have that mix of, of both energies that you can go into everything
0: Mm -hmm. with. That's interesting because it's so correct. There's such an emotional side to it as well that I think that again, like we're not taught that in school. You're not taught about the mindset block or kind of like the individual hurdles that you have to get over to be able to invest in yourself or even just think, okay, I can set a goal for myself. And that goal is to buy a condo or buy a house because that can be a big challenging thing to even envision for yourself sometime, especially if you are a young student or someone who just got their first job and, and whatnot. So I like that you're actually incorporating that in and that's probably a massive differentiator between you and other courses out there and just other people, um, you know, trying to offer similar services. So that's, that's pretty awesome for yourself. Was there any sort of mindset roadblock when you wanted to start deeper than money or was it an easy decision to kind of dive into it and really invest in yourself? Oh my gosh. It
1: was like mindset block after mindset block after mindset block. And I, so I mean, some of it, and it was partially my money mindset blocks that I had to work through, but also just the fear of what would other people think of me? What will other people say about me and all this stuff, especially for me? My college friends, like they knew me as the broke girl, right? Like they knew me as the girl donating plasma to get a margarita. Like they Mm -hmm. knew me as that girl. And so I felt like if I changed, if I grew and learned and invested myself and did all that stuff, and I showed up as somebody new that they would be, they they would think I was a fraud. And so I had a lot of blocks around that about coworkers or family or whoever, because a lot of times when somebody else has an identity that they, a box that they want you to fit into, when you break out of that, people are like, what, what is she doing? Like, did you hear about her? Mm -hmm. Did you know that she's doing this? And so I was so worried about that. And, um, I really had to sit down and say, am I going to let fear the fear of what other people think and the fear of, you know, failing or whatever, stop me from, doing what I want and stop Mm -hmm. me from becoming who I want to be and becoming who I know I'm meant to be. Am I willing to play big, even though it's going to take me going outside of my comfort zone and, you know, maybe people laughing and maybe people thinking this and whatever, am I willing to play big anyway? And that I was right. I was, and I'm a big believer that even now when it comes to investing in yourself or, going all in for your business or whatever you're struggling with, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to play big? It's okay if you're not, but understanding that if you're, if you're going to play small, it's probably going to take you longer to accomplish it. It's probably going to, you know, you're going to hit more roadblocks. Um, whereas if you're willing to play big, you get that, like you get to create that dream life now. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've always come back to is when, when I'm struggling and I feel like, you know, I'm really not, you know, I'm hitting up against that, that barrier. I always come back to like, I asked for an, an exceptional life. So I have to break Mm -hmm. through these exceptional barriers Mm -hmm. to get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When you were kind of going back to those college days, when you were that quote unquote, you know, broke college girl, did you see yourself and envision a future self? um, That was maybe more financially stable and more, I guess, quote unquote wealthy, or were you stuck in like that almost broke mindset? Like, I'm just curious to to kind of how you saw yourself.
1: Oh my gosh. That's a great question. So for so long, I knew I wanted more, right? I knew I wanted more, than the life that I was, you know, currently living, but I didn't know how I was going to get it. Like there's a huge mm-hmm. disconnect of the how, mm-hmm. right? Like I could see myself doing these, you know, some of like the mentors that I looked up to and some of the people that I looked up to, I could see myself going and doing that. Or I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like, I don't know, become an author or become a business owner do all that stuff. I could see it in the future, mm-hmm. but it was so far away. That I had no idea what steps I needed to take to get there. So Mm -hmm. that's really where I struggled because I knew that that girl wasn't the broke girl. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I, I knew, you know, I didn't actually, but I believed that at that point I was the broke girl. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that I had to take off the identity of being a broke girl in order to become the girl that accomplishes those other things down the road. So you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head when it comes Mm -hmm. to um, I really had to face that and how I thought of myself and how I pictured myself. And honestly, if it, you know, the easiest place to start with that is how you talk about yourself, how you talk about money, how you talk about yourself, how you talk about opportunities, how you talk about what you're capable of. And at that time in college, uh, the, all that came out of my mouth was negative. When I was talking about myself, I would say, Oh, I'm so broke. Oh, I'm so dumb. Oh, I'm never going to figure this out. Oh, that's, I'm never going to do that. Oh, I'm so stupid. Like that is how I talked about myself constantly. And so when you say, when you verbalize those words, and especially for women, we're verbal processors. So when you verbalize those words, you're literally just shrinking yourself. You're shrinking yourself. And I was constantly doing that. And so it, it took such an inward shift to start saying, why am I so hard on myself? Why am I so negative towards myself? Why am I always trying to shrink myself? Which instead, how about we, you know, stand tall and, you know, start working on empowering who I am
0: and what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it shines through right now for sure. Like you come across as a very like confident, empowered, um, you know, person right now, which is so lovely. And I mean, I think that a lot of people go through that kind of period in their life where they're not sure who they are and maybe they see a future self, but there is, like you said, that disconnect between where I am today versus where I want to be. And it's like the big, massive royal question of how do I get there? Like, how do I be that person? And Um, I'm so glad that you're, you figured it out and you're figuring it out because it's again, paying off for yourself, but then also helping so many of the people that are coming to you for coaching and all the other services you offer. So, I mean, it makes me happy to know that you've done it for yourself. And I love that. I love that journey that you've taken. Um, but I did want to touch on the fact as well that, you know, I, I actually, I talked to a couple of friends and they asked me a couple of questions to ask you if that's okay around just to, okay. Okay. Um, so the first question that I got, and it kind of ties into what you were just saying, which is why I want to bring it up. Is it good to focus on both those very long, long long-term goals? Like, okay, I see myself one day owning a mansion, for example, as well as focusing on the short-term goals, which would be, okay, I want to save this much by the next six months or the next year. I want to get a puppy, like the smaller goals. Is it better to focus on the long-term, the short-term or both? Ooh, great question. Okay.
1: Love it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, So I freaking love goals. I love goals in all shapes and sizes, but we have to do them in the order, right? So I love first imagining like set step down step, step one, you sit down and you're like, what is my long-term goal? And even I always encourage people like, think about like retirement too. Like I'm, you know, when I say retirement, I never want to retire. I'm just talking about you know, really getting that our investment portfolio, taking it out once we're a certain age, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um for, I hope I never retire. I love my job. I don't ever, ever want to be uh-huh. like,
0: that's the is, best thing. I love this that. is my dream life, baby. Yeah. This is my dream life. I don't want to yeah. leave
1: it. And so um we we have to think down the road, like how much money do we want to have? What type of lifestyle do we want to have? Do you want a mansion or a yacht or mm-hmm. um X amount of money donated to your favorite cause, like whatever it is, think about that long-term because you have to be able to like, we're pulling back an arrow and we want to let go. We want to make sure we're shooting it in the right direction. So once you picture those huge long-term goals, then we can work backwards. Like, okay, if we want to get there, what do we need to do first? So Mm -hmm. that's when I have my clients sit down and make a priority list and your priority list you have to write three things down. So you'll write like number one and then you write what the priority is. So maybe it's paying off that credit card or maybe it's saving for a vacation or maybe it is putting a certain amount in retirement. It doesn't matter. But what is your top priority? then put the number amount associated with that. So if you're paying off a credit card, what is the exact total? Not like about 4,000, like Mm -hmm. I wanna see $4,129.15, give me the exact thing. Um, And if it is a credit card, I would also write down like your interest rate because also an important thing to have on there. Um, But then the third thing is you wanna put the date in which you want to complete that buy. That not only allows you to sit down and calculate, okay, if I want to have it done by this date, how much money do I need to be throwing at it per month? You know, you can say, okay, I want it done in five months. I have $5,000 to pay off. I need $1,000 a month. How can I make that work? Right. Um, but it also allows your brain to start putting things into action. Your brain's like, okay, this, I can visualize that date, right? I can visualize the day that you will have that paid off so we can start going into action. It's so much harder when you just think like, oh, well, I'm paying off some debt or I'm Mm -hmm. saving some, your brain can't visualize when that's going to be done by, like, when can you check it off? Like, how do you know if you saved some, like, what's the sum? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that mean? Um, so putting a number by it is so great. And don't be afraid to like go out. So like for me, I always have 10 priorities at a time and I, they're crazy sometimes sometimes i'm like who is this girl writing this it's a me but what is she thinking this is crazy yeah. and then i'll go and work toward them and and check it off and it feels so good it feels so exciting so write it out write 10 big goals and focus all of your money all of your extra money that you have to put toward a goal focus all of your money and all of your energy, right? All, all of your emotions, all of your, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just every, all of your tension. There we go. Right. On that first thing, because if you start focusing on, okay, number one is pay off credit card debt, but then number two is student loans. And then number three is mm-hmm. my car. The number you start getting overwhelmed. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, just, oh, so much. So the two things I want you to focus on, are one, your first goal, like the number one on that list and focus all of your attention and energy on checking that off before you move to the next one. So that's the first thing I want you to focus Mm on. The second thing is that long-term goal is that mansion. I want you to go on Pinterest and find pictures of it. I want you to feel how exciting it will feel when you have that accomplished. I want you to imagine the words you would say to your boss when you put in your two weeks, if your dream is to Mm -hmm. quit, like whatever it is, I want you to visualize that long-term goal and then focus on that first goal. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't worry about the middle. All right. It's going to happen. We're it's, we wrote it down. We're not ignoring it, but we are putting it aside so we can focus on and truck through that first
0: goal. Wow. That was an incredible answer. And I'm going to have to listen to this recording back and like take <laughs> legitimate notes. I'm not even, yes. I'm not even joking right now. I'm going to take legitimate notes on what you just said. And I can tell you right now, the one thing I have going for me is I've been on Pinterest and I'm looking at all sorts of luxury things. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, good. I brought that one down packed. Um, <laughs> um, but no, thank you so much. That was an incredible answer to that. And honestly, so jam packed with so many good tips in there. So that that was great. Um, I know we're coming close to our time. So two last things. First one, best piece of career advice you've ever been given, whether it came from a parent, an employer, your fiance, anyone whatsoever. Best piece of advice. Man, Okay. So this is,
1: I have, I have two, I have two. I can't, I can't choose one. So Mm -hmm. the first one is from my dad that he would always say this growing up, that it is the journey, not the destination. And I struggle. I'm such a forward thinker that it's so hard for me sometimes to not be like, oh, but next year I'm going to do this and next Mm -hmm. quarter, I'm going to do this and next that to be really present and enjoy it. Even if you're in a season of like suck, even if, if you're in a season of like things aren't aren't great enjoy where you're at instead of just focusing on the destination. So that's the first one. Um, the second one is a quote by Benjamin and I forget his name. We, I might need to Google that, mm-hmm. but, and it is successful people make decisions or let me say that again. Unsuccessful people make decisions from where they are. Successful people make decisions based on where they want to be. Mm-hmm. And that one really hit me. That one really hit me because especially in the beginning of corporate, I was so worried about like doing everything right. And I didn't want to make anybody, you know, make anybody mad or drop the ball on anything. And I wanted to stay in my lane. And I really started thinking, what are my career goals? Like I wanted to advance in corporate. And in order to do that, I had to make decisions based on where I wanted to be. I had to talk to my boss and ask to be in those meetings that I wanted to be. And I had to ask for Um, You know, to be in these conversations or to present my idea. And if you don't make those choices, a lot of times a year later, you're going to look back and be in the same place.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think a big part of being someone young and new to a corporation is you don't realize you have to create your own opportunities. But No one is going to hand things to you. Yes, at times people will come to you with great opportunities, come and hand you a great salary or um, a new promotion or whatever it's going to be, a spot in a meeting. But a lot of times you do have to actually go out and fight for it for yourself. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that's such an important lesson. I don't think I've ever talked about it on this podcast, but it's incredibly important for anyone who's new starting out or even if you've been working for a while, it's still great advice to live by. So I'm going to find that quote and actually put it in the show notes because I love it. Got it um, I so like that. that quote a lot. Um, all right. But before we wrap things up, I do want everyone to go and find your website and understand the different services you provide and also find your podcast. So if you don't mind, let us know. Absolutely everywhere that we can find you. Oh my gosh.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm very social on social media. So come hang out with me. Tag me if you're listening to this podcast episode on Instagram. My handle is at deeper period than period of money. Um I'm su- slide my DMs if you have questions. Um also if you have follow-up questions, I have a free Facebook group. Just search deeper than money. And I go live every Wednesday and live coach and answer questions. So if you have a follow-up question, that's a great place to plop that. Um, you know, question in there and I can answer that. Um, Deeper the Money podcast. I hang out over on TikTok, Deeper the Money, um, all the places, all, if if it's social media, if you search Mm -hmm. Deeper the Money, you'll find me and we can hang out.
0: (laughs) Amazing. I love it. And I do urge everyone to go and find Chloe because she's awesome. And as you can tell, Love the energy. It's the kind of energy you want to listen to, you want to be a part of. So thank you so much for coming. It's been so nice talking to you. I've loved this conversation. Thank you so much for having
1: me. This was so fun. Mm -hmm.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Working Gals Guide and make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. Of course, five stars would be amazing and any sort of review would be amazing as well. So thank you so much for tuning in and see you next week.